0: This is the Negro League podcast with Preach James. League podcast to go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We're sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to Mo Better Soul Dick. Ha, one more. <laughs> <laughs> Mob better soul.dickcartel.com. I ain't I ain't even gonna take this out. I'm gonna keep it. Uh enter code Negro to save ten percent on your next motherfucking order. We're also sponsored by Down East Records. Go to Downeast Records.com or Downeast Records or all the social media. Enter code Negro to save 10%. Your next order Have a special guest In the building Let me turn my mic down Because the shit Looks like it's peaking <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell the folks Who you is Man I am Dr. Napoleon Wells Clinical psychologist A little bit of An activist Writer uh, Basically Columbia's Man about town Trying to get things done You know how I go
0: Burn them up and, um, and when you say A doctor Tell us about your studies
1: So Essentially, I'm a clinical psychologist, as I said. Um, wellness is my major focus. I'm an anxiety disorder specialist, but my primary research focus is in kind of how black people, Negroes, Negroes. <laughs> uh, specifically, <laughs> go about engaging mental health services and wellness care. That is so dope. Um, how long you been doing this? Good Lord. Um been doing it a long while. I'm see. I've been a PhD since 07. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, 06, 07? Mm -hmm. Yeah, somewhere, brother, uh, yeah. Folks just been calling me doc that long. So right around 07, um, been practicing professionally. Uh, Did a stint with the VA where I was working with veterans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, focused heavily on post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety. Uh, Been teaching the last couple years out at Claflin. And I will tell you Mm -hmm. that students are far more difficult than my patients ever were. Brother. (laughs) 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 You want to talk about needing help. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so here's my question: uh-huh. um, From the time you started, let's say over a decade ago to now, okay. how much have the stigma of black men um, embracing, trying to help
1: with their mental health, has that has how much has that changed over the years? Night and day difference. Okay, night and day difference. I, I've seen a profound and dramatic change. Even the comfort we have with talking about being emotionally unwell mm-hmm. has changed. Uh, I. Attribute a lot of that, quite honestly, to hip hop. Okay, we. I, 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 I attribute it directly to hip hop. I understand there's been a lot of conversation in the public sphere around it. It's mm-hmm. become more general, but I think the comfort with having the overall conversations and the struggle that people are having in public spaces. And talking about help and identifying symptoms, I attribute a lot of that to hip-hop.
0: Is there like a specific thing as opposed to just the culture as a whole coming together? Is there there like flashpoint moments where you're like, oh, this helps?
1: Yeah, there are tipping point moments. One of those is Kid Cudi Mm, coming off tour. Mm -hmm. Um, And folks can feel however they feel about Kid Cudi as an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, I happen to think he's amazing. but he's dope. He comes off tour Mm -hmm. and he identifies this struggle that he's been having for years, you know, Mm -hmm. struggling with depressed mood and suicidal thoughts and Mm -hmm. the overall sense of being unwell that he had had for years. And he publicly stated, here's why I'm coming off tour. Here's the help that I'm going to Mm -hmm. get. You should, too. Right. And instead of there being this kind of shielding and toughing it out, and, like, he was willing to make himself completely and emotionally naked and vulnerable Mm -hmm. in order to have that conversation. For someone like himself, who, you know, universally considered a cool kid, he has fans of all kinds, Mm -hmm. I thought it was an amazingly courageous step. And for me, that's kind of the tipping point. Right?
0: You know, the funny thing is that the, the older I get, and you listen to like old hip hop shit, uh-huh. you listen to it with a different ear, correct? And, and when I listen to Scarface again as an adult,
1: absolutely he touched on a lot. Of I that. was going to say that, you, if, you know what yeah, I mean? if you step before you mm-hmm. get to Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. Scarface talks openly. If, you, if you're if you just sitting down and listening to him about being bipolar, yeah, he's describing the symptoms of bipolar disorder mm-hmm. in a lot of his solo music anyway. Yeah, and he yeah. even saw some of that with the Ghetto Boys. You know, my mind is playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. How is this happening? And they weren't attributing it to drugs and alcohol use either. They're like, nah, yeah. nah, nah, something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Something's wrong, yeah.
0: It's, it's weird because like, you know, and I talked about this in the, the Black as Fuck show where it was okay. like, you know, when I looked at Biggie, the one thing that stuck out with Biggie, and and, and you don't think about it until you think about it. It's like, uh-huh. I remember I was in Charlotte. Uh-huh. It's around March, mm-hmm. and you're hearing the radio, and they're like, yo, yo, yo. Uh, The Biggie concert, uh, Biggie tribute show, March 9th. You know, Mm -hmm. we got drink specials Mm -hmm. and all this type of shit. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, we're celebrating (laughs) the day he got killed. The day he got killed. Then it dawned on me. I was like, do I know Biggie's birthday? Right. You you know what I mean? Right. I was like, I didn't know his birthday. And I felt that something was morbid about it. And the more I thought about it, he was 23 years old with an album called Ready to Die. Correct. And we're just dancing to that shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I I mean? I think.
1: A part of what has always struck me about mental health and wellness with black men is how much we lean into what I think is our sense of inevitably being unwell, Mm -hmm. possibly being extinguished. Mm -hmm. We lean hard into it, and I think hip-hop has followed some of that, that we often believe the worst is coming. Yeah, yeah. And so instead of taking any steps to try to enjoy moments that we're living in it's kind of like let me if i know it's inevitable that catastrophe and calamity are going to come Mm -hmm. i'm gonna lean into it as much as i can i'm gonna choose the hill that i die on
0: yeah is that is that why like i had this this theory about like when i look at all these rappers where Mm -hmm. you know they'll have like the craziest weirdest tattoos yeah and i'm like the tattoos that Wayne is getting is... <laughs> it's not a tattoo that you get when you think you're going to live to 80 years old. You know correct. what I mean? Because like,
1: how are yeah. you explaining that to your great grandkids? <laughs> exactly right. How you explaining Come on. Yeah. No, um, I, I think back as far as something like The Message, mm-hmm. where, you know, don't push me. I'm close to the edge. Yeah, Right? There's already... This sense of trauma that has emerged mm-hmm. at the very dawn of hip hop. And how am I managing that? And the best way that I can is just to tell you how this is at the same time that you have the Sugar Hill gang mm-hmm. emerging and saying, But I got a party too.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, like we're we're living with this kind of yeah. dichotomy in place. Tupac being considered on the one hand remarkably conscious mm-hmm. and aware. Mm-hmm. And at the and right on the other, he's like, nah, I gotta get some of these bitches. Yeah, right. Like I got <laughs> I, I would say a part of why he resonated so much, him and other rappers, but Tupac was probably the best example, is he was kind of an every black man mm-hmm. in reality. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be this strong and powerful and aware on one hand. At the same time, I need to be sexually powerful mm. and disengaged. And almost predatory
0: on the other. Is it is it one of those things where it's like, if I focus on these things that you know are the partying and mm-hmm. the fucking, is mm-hmm. that to take my mind off of how
1: terrible things are? That's a major me? part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think, quite honestly, it becomes for us almost a means of coping. Mm, okay. And in the instant where we're talking about how awful many of these things are and how rough they are, mm-hmm. that's the self-report. That's kind of the journal. Yeah, and then. On the other hand, here's how I'm acting this out. This is the sedative. Mm-hmm. I need to not feel as much as I just shared. I have a question. Like, This is really interesting because I was having a conversation with a friend about religion. And mm-hmm. she was making
0: a comment about, um, you know, there's a lot of people that t- you know, talk about being Christians, but they do a lot of, like, terrible shit. Right. And, and, and I asked her this question that made me think about this. I said, do you think that there's a lot of people that do that because... In their minds, as Christians, they think that no matter what I do, like I'm going to be forgiven anyway. Right. And then a part of me feels like, if we're looking at it from a perspective of hip-hop, do you think that America didn't believe what we were saying about what was going on? If we're talking about the Depression, if we're talking about police violence, if we're talking right. about the racism, right. do you think that America didn't believe us because it just sounded so catchy and good? And they're like, it can't be that bad. No I, dancing to it.
1: I think if I had to put it into very stark and real terms in my own head i would say america believed that we deserved mm. we had earned what was happening to us okay. like there was in the, in the mind and the psychology of america there's always been a path to acceptance and full citizenship mm. and full personhood it's like I hey, just work hard mm. yeah right you know the, accept the, the these traps our argument correct yeah. correct <laughs> yeah. where if you don't do these things whatever catastrophe befalls you is ultimately your fault. Mm. So there's a way to not be poor and miserable. Mm. Be poor, just don't be miserable. Wow. But in every society on planet Earth, poverty always comes tethered to these conditions. There's always violence. There's always property damage. There's Mm -hmm. always disease. There's like you have these things that come tied to poverty wherever you are. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird because like I would see these statistics that would say that
0: with every percentage of the unemployment rate that uh-huh. goes up, mm-hmm. there's a large percentage of people that die. Correct. You know what I mean. Correct. And that, Correct. that correlation is 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 daunting. I don't uh-huh. think people pay attention to it. So, I, so I guess one of the things I think I want to pivot for for a little bit. Sure. I was I was. At the theater last night watching the Harley Quinn movie for, I had to write a review for it. Well,
1: how was how it for before you proceed?
0: I didn't enjoy it. But you didn't? Okay. If, but, but, if you, but if you're a comic book completist, go uh-huh. see it. You know what okay. I mean? like, okay. like go, go see it. It's, 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 I kind of hate watching um, it. Uh,
1: I'm not, but I'll I'll probably eventually see it anyway. <laughs> it's
0: like, I remember when I saw Suicide Squad, like I hated uh-huh. waited and I saw all the reviews about right. how bad it was. Right. But it's like you know expired milk. Like I just had to, I just had to check it out. Got, you know got I mean? to, got yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so from that regard, like you know, if you want to see it just for the sake of just having something to be a part of the discussion, but I didn't like it. one of the things that I did see though, and maybe I missed this um, when they played it during the Super Bowl was these uh, these NFL commercials where they, you know, and I guess this might be the stuff that Jay Z was was negotiating with them. These, uh, these like. NFL commercials about bringing the community together, whatever. And, uh-huh. one, and one of the things that they showed was it was one of these these commercials where it was about um, the man that was murdered by uh, that cop that came into his apartment. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're talking to his parents on this commercial. Okay. And and they're like, you know, I just wish that it was a day that my son is not seen as a threat. And the father mm-hmm. was like, you know, well, my my other son, the victim's brother, mm-hmm. forgave the woman that shot him. And, yeah. and and I just, I hated how they kind of painted that narrative. And then, yeah. it, and then it hit me when I saw the commercial where if we're not having the real discussion about, you know, the NFL could try to do these commercials about talking about violence that's happening to us. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it all translates to this that people are not saying, or at least we're not saying, mm-hmm. is that the commercials sound like we're asking white people to be less mean. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and it feels yeah. like no one is saying that as uh, as direct as it should. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like I remember maybe a few years ago when Chris Rock was putting out his, uh what movie was that? The Top 5 movie. Mm-hmm. He had amazing interviews, and he was mm-hmm. saying something to the extent where we were talking about, if we're talking about race relations in America and we say that, you know, oh, black people progressed over the years, it's that's not really the case. Because if you say we progress, it sounds like we're saying that we deserved all the hell that we was going through. right? You know what I mean? And he's right. basically like, essentially, over the years, white people just became less mean. <laughs> right? Uh,
1: I, I think that there is something to that. I think white... I've always experienced the psychology of white people as, as being one of giving ground but taking pay for it. And, mm-hmm. and by that mm-hmm. I mean in, in every instant where they're willing to say, I'm more accepting of this portion and I will allow mm-hmm. this part of the black experience to be registered mm-hmm. and seen and honored in a public space. I'm gonna have to take this part Mm. Over here from the black experience, there's always a pound of flesh mm, okay. that that is taken out. And with regard to where we are, I think. So this brother's killed in his home. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the response of white people whenever there is a black death is to immediately question what was this person's overall worth? Mm not that they were a human and this yeah. tragedy simply shouldn't happen. Yeah. What were the things that this person did? What did they contribute? I can recall when, I forget the gorilla's name that was killed when uh, the yeah, little, about, yeah. Yeah, when a child fell fu- in. And they immediately start investigating the family to look at, okay, how yeah. many crimes did the father commit? What is the mother's background? Are these individuals employed? There's consistently Mm -hmm. this give and take. I think in their minds they see it as balance if you show us a full representation that we can reasonably accept. Mm -hmm. And it can't be different than anything we can accept. Mm -hmm. It has to be something that we can tolerate. Here we can honor this family and put them on screen because the brother showed enough humanity to forgive. Which uh, that that is that pro- no, like uh, bro yeah. like <laughs> he has every reason Yo. Yo. to have every ounce of rage permitted yep. to mankind yep. but yep. we can allow you to speak in our public space because you have forgiven. Yeah. What was done to you?
0: Here's here's my thing about the forgiveness part, right? It's like, number one, what the fuck are you forgiving, right? right. Because a part, of me, a part <laughs> right. of me feels like, you know, forgiveness needs to come where there's like attrition right. and there's time to see change behavior right. because when you listen to that audio, the woman's, when she's, when after she shot him, mm-hmm. he's dying on the floor, right? She doesn't say, yo, I'm scared that this guy might pass. She, w- she was just like, I'm going to lose my job. Right. Like, that was her concern,
1: right? The rest of my
0: life, what is it you going know, to look you know, like? like? So, mm-hmm. so my, my thing is this, right? I remember, you know, we're in, we're in Columbia, South Carolina. Right. And, and when I think of, you know, Charleston 9 and I think about Dylan Roof mm-hmm. and, you know, it's so much connective tissue with that stuff where, funny enough, I wrote about Dylan Roof before mm-hmm. the Charleston shooting. Okay. Because I do the crime blotter Mm -hmm. for for the free times. Okay. And so there was this kid that went to Columbiana Mall and was going to stores asking weird shit. Okay. Like, going to stores asking people how many black people work here. Right? And and he was um, put on trespass notice at Columbiana Mall. Okay. Okay. I wrote about him before I knew any of this shit that happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so... When I think about what happened with Charleston Nine, I was sent to watch a screening of the Emanuel documentary. Okay, and I hated it, and I hated it because it was, you know, there was the the portion of the film where there was a lot of a lot of the families, a lot of the nine families, mm-hmm. um, spewed this forgiveness stuff, right? Right. right? right. Where it was just like, oh, I forgive you, I forgive you. And then you hear like, you know, the, the gospel music playing in the background. Right. And and there uh, there's this exploitation of black forgiveness. Uh-huh. Um but one one of the things that bothered me, and I wrote this in a review about the film that I wrote for the paper, was, you know, sure whoever's making this documentary, whatever your agenda is, and I think that it was a, a religious based agenda where they're trying to push this narrative of forgiveness. What they didn't show in the documentary mm-hmm. was when you have the hearing for Dylan Roof. Mind you, he didn't. He wasn't in prison for a while. He didn't say, I, "I'm sorry about this." He didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't change his ways. Whatever. Mm-hmm. This is right after it fucking happened. Right. And right after it happened, after all these black families said, "I forgive you," mm-hmm. Dylan had an opportunity to speak, and he said, "I still feel like." I should have done it. My opinions haven't changed. Right. But I feel like there's something about white folks. And maybe it's a civil rights thing when I go back to it, where it's just like we have this condition as black black folks in America where we're so quick to forgive the, 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 the white horrendous shit that happened to us, mm-hmm. where I feel like why is there going to be any change when, 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 we're so quick to say, yo, you know, I forgive you for this. Like,
1: yeah, I, I, I think a part of what we continually struggle with is making white people exceptional emotionally mm, and okay. we allow them to live with this idea within themselves that eventually Those of us who are good, this being white people, Mm -hmm. are going to get to a point where we'll overwhelm those who practice evil Mm -hmm. and hate against your people. So make room for us Mm -hmm. to give you access to what we think and what we feel. Every time these things happen, who steps forward first Mm -hmm. to hold hands with members of our community, these supposedly exceptional white people Mm -hmm. who are very balanced and mean us well, and are somehow going to be heroes in some way. And a part of what we as communities of black people around the country struggle with is this idea that better days are going to come because of those white people. Okay. Our connection, if it is a connection at all, to them, having those instances where we live peacefully and well with them, or have sex and children with them, Mm. or marry them, or go into business with them. Like, those white people are good white people, Mm. and so if we have more of them and we cultivate those relationships, eventually what we have before us will change.
0: Mm. It's interesting because I I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, I guess I got a question. When you saw that Rush Limbaugh was getting the. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the. It epitomized mm-hmm. where we are mm. with race relations mm-hmm. in the United States. That white folks just have. They're, they're tone deaf mm. about how it is they're presenting themselves as a community and as a tribe to mm. vulnerable people. Mm. And they don't even see other people as being vulnerable to their hate. Yeah. Like we're going to reward and award Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. In front of someone who systematically built yeah. much of the narrative that here. this president yeah. lives with. He gave gave him the blueprint. Here so. in fact is the protocol oh, yeah. that he is using for that president I can understand him rewarding Rush Limbaugh, but A part of what you see, and I think a lot of the backlash that we're feeling is white people have want, they've felt oppressed is what they would suggest. Mm -hmm. We haven't been able to say what we feel. We haven't been able to live the way in which we want to live because you people have been pressing against us that equality and oppression Mm -hmm. are these words that we need to research and we have to build one. Mm -hmm. We have to reduce the other. Yeah. They, I think, are looking at this individual who's in the White House as an avatar for their new freedom. Yeah. Even though they never were oppressed. Yeah. Political correctness was never really, I think, that much of a strain for them.
0: Yeah. I think, you know what happens is that I think that if you've, it's exactly like this. I think that if, if, let's say you have like somebody comes and gives you like a Ferrari. Right. And you're enjoying this Ferrari, right? But you know it's stolen, right? <laughs> and then the cops one day say, "Yo, this Ferrari is stolen. Mm-hmm. We got to take it back." Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you, you're outraged, right. Right? And I, right? And I think that that's what ends up happening when we're talking about like political correctness, or or when white people talk about you know affirmative action and all that type of stuff, uh-huh. or the fucking Rooney Rule in the yeah. NFL. You, you, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Is yeah. that it's that those things have to be implemented because we know how unfair it is. Correct. And so, and so I feel like, you know, and it's not just about black people. I feel like white people feel the same way when, when, when women are getting Absolutely. advancements in the workforce. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, like, their frustration isn't that they're losing um, their equality. It's that they're losing these, these unfair, unreal advantages that they've been, like, kind of uh, uh, milking, yeah. you know, for, for centuries. And so I wonder... With someone as as is intellectual and someone as is, as is, uh, in depth as you, what do you see? Well, I get a two part question. Okay. Um, what is the mistake that the DNC is making if you see that there's one? Like, like when you look at how the Democrats that are running right now, yeah. what, what do you feel yeah. like is what? What are they doing wrong? And the second question
1: is, what do you think is going to happen twenty twenty? Okay, so I mean, as you know, I've had fair bit of contact mm-hmm. with individuals over in the DNC, here, there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even being on that perimeter mm-hmm. and watching how they operate, I think their desire to appear to be on the moral high ground mm-hmm. is where a lot of the error is. Okay. Um, this is a fight, okay. and they need to treat it like it's a fight. And if they're willing to say, like, the opponent is willing to throw dirt in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The opponent is willing to cut your hamstrings. The opponent has decided that winning at all costs is the best possible approach. Yeah, I think this decency politics is a major error, Mm -hmm. one. Second problem, in politicking directly to people of color, and specifically the black community, they're not presenting anyone that appears to have a sense of what any kind of developed black agenda would be. Yeah. They're trying to say all of the right things. But what yeah. we want to know is what are you going to do about what has happened? Yeah, yeah. What are you actually going to do? Our communities become more educated about this process. We know you can tell us what your platform of 10 items is. Mm-hmm. A president in his four-year term is going to get one major thing done. Yeah how is your one major thing going to benefit us? Mm -hmm. And if we're going to have to continue to live in the spaces we're forced to live in, where we're being abused, Mm -hmm. we're being forgotten, we're being killed, we're being imprisoned still at record numbers, Mm -hmm. we're being undereducated and under-resourced in our communities, what are you going to do about these true ills that exist? None of them appear to have a very good answer. Yeah,
0: you're right. I think the the only answer I'm hearing is that, and this is probably my 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 complaint with Hillary is that I knew what Hillary wasn't more than I knew what she was mm-hmm. because her whole her whole platform was just like, "Yo, Donald Trump, I'm not this motherfucker," right? right? And and, right. and and she spent a lot of time saying who she wasn't, and I right. feel like when I listen to a lot of these candidates, it's like I get really irritated with with Steyer, and Bloomberg. Okay. Because I feel like I don't want a billionaire in the office. Right. I don't give a fuck what party you are. Right. I just feel like there's a level of disconnection that you're going to
1: have Absolutely. by, by, by Absolutely. having that much money. Stop and frisk Bloomberg? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. you know,
0: and, and, I feel, and I feel like, you know, when I listen to them, because let's face it, they have the money to afford it. So, like, they Correct. can. Correct. So, I'm going to listen to my ESPN podcast, and it's mm-hmm. full of these fucking uh, commercials because they mm-hmm. have the money to do it. Right. And it's like, you know, I keep hearing them spout like, oh, such and such is a billionaire. As as if that's supposed to be an asset. And right. it's like and I hear Bloomberg says something where he's just like, you know, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna fight Trump and I'm gonna tax the rich. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're the rich. Right. That that's the side that you're on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> there's no way for you to to. Create policy mm-hmm. that's going to annoyingly affect you directly, right? You know what I mean. And so I, I don't know what to do. My 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 only theory is this, and I think the the best thing possible is that whoever is number one and number two, mm-hmm. that needs to be the the president and VP as far uh-huh. as the Democratic nominations. Understand. Okay, I, I think that's I, I think that's gonna be the only way because I feel like you know even though. Hillary won the popular vote, and and I don't think that we understood how crazy Russia's uh, infiltration was. Yeah, I felt like if it was a Hillary and Bernie ticket, mm-hmm. they would have won that shit. Uh, the
1: The way I've been looking at the Democratic Party, I appreciate them as individuals and humans. Mm-hmm. Nearly every candidate appears to my eye to be more interested in being a president mm-hmm. than in leading this country well. Mm, I can see that. I think they all appear to be motivated by history and by legacy. Yeah. And in occupying the seat more so than saying, here's the job and here's what I'm going to have to do once I'm in office. I can't look at any of them reasonably and say, you know what? This motherfucker right here is getting ready to take the fight to these people. Yeah, I don't see any, from don't anybody, see
0: from any of that. I don't see any of
1: that. Uh -uh. in any of these candidates there are i appreciate that andrew yang is saying listen here's how we're going to combat poverty Mm -hmm. here's how we're going to combat what we see with regard to automation Mm -hmm. entering into our workspaces here's how we're affected there we're going to make america et cetera et cetera et cetera that's impressive to me i I like some of what buddha stands for Mm -hmm. i've always thought that some of bernie Sanders. Socialists, nearly communist at times, yeah, yeah, yeah. sensibilities are interesting. But at the end of the day, with a country that has the kind of very clear divide, divides that have always existed, mm-hmm. you know, these aren't new things. How is this individual going to walk into the White House and lead in that space? Yeah. And very simply say, there are things I cannot stand for. There's, there's homegrown terrorism. Dylan Roof was a homegrown terrorist. Consider yeah. what you described. Yeah, exactly. He's walking into stores yeah. and he is preparing himself to carry out a terrorist act. Yeah. I don't hear any president say, not any of the candidates stepping forward and saying, "No, I have to eradicate that." Yeah. I don't hear any entering into that space and saying, "Now, nah, you know what? Here's how we're directly going to deal with the issue of education in inner cities." Mm-hmm. My brother's keeper. This program which was developed by the president, it's important because black men in these numbers are going into prisons. Here's how we reverse that. What Mm -hmm. am I going to do about a crime bill? These things trouble me. Yeah. Because I think it's just a systematic marker. You know, these folks say the right things. They want to appear to be very balanced, but your opponent is not. Yeah. Your opponent's taking a hard stance and an approach. What are you going to do with that? Yeah.
0: Here's the thing that I learned about if it's not just about white people, it's about Republicans, yeah, is that when you look at trump's uh acquittal on, uh-huh. on both counts of uh-huh. of uh impeachment, it's like you have Republicans that actually fought with him before he right. got the nomination, right? <laughs> right. you know what I mean all of a sudden, you know they're party first, and if right. one thing and I th- and I think you'll find this interesting this question. There's one thing that I notice about Republicans and a lot of white people is that when I think about cancel culture, uh-huh,
1: I think it's a specific black thing. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, see, we and and I think it's just a part of our humanity is that we are more prepared to take our family to task. Mm-hmm. Even if we struggle with the items that we should take them to task on, it's like we allow things to carry for too long, certainly. Mm-hmm. We don't take brothers to task soon enough. I got you, Ooh, but at okay. the point where we do, yeah, no, no, we
0: absolutely are dragging you to the deep end. Why, why? Why do you think that we do that specifically compared to any anybody else? Why do we do it at all? Well, not, maybe not at all, but it's like it's like there's a there's something about like when 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 we do it and black folks do it, we're, yeah. we're pretty. Hardcore. Yeah, we tend to be
1: aggressive when we do. I think a lot of it is rebound effect. And by that I mean I think we allow people to go on for so long unchecked. Mm. By the time people in our spaces feel black and immortal, Mm -hmm. they've done something so egregious, so flagrant, Yeah, we can't tolerate it. Like, we don't stop it before it gets to that point. R. Kelly should have been stopped in the infancy of his sociopathy. Yeah. We did nothing about that, wow. and so by the time we caught up to try to address it, no he feels like he 's semi godlike yeah, we should have been years back questioning kanye west's sanity, yeah and yeah. his bipolarity, yeah, we did nothing about it, we called it genius, yeah, misunderstood it, wanted to protect him, and that 's a major part of it, yeah, is that we want to protect those yeah. who we value most, we know yeah. that. On the other side of the aisle, the white community, the community outside of ours, our neighbors, are yeah. going to abuse a lot of our creators, a lot of our excellence, uh, a lot of our gifted. Yeah. We want to keep them safe, but we enable them.
0: And that's, and that's one of the things that I, I think it might, it might come out today. There's a documentary about who killed Malcolm Max. Okay. And, and if you haven't watched this, there was a, there's a Farrakhan speech okay. on, on YouTube. It's like two hours mm-hmm. where he addressed how much people like right when the Malcolm movie came out, I'm many people accused Elijah Correct. and him yeah. of being responsible. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And 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 listening to his talk was very, very compelling. And one of the things that that I thought was interesting that he said was this. And this is one of the things that me as a Malcolm lover mm-hmm. that I thought was really interesting was that mm-hmm. is that yes, we acknowledge that that Elijah Muhammad was going around trying to uh, plant his seed in fertile soil, right? Right. right. Um, but regardless of his misgivings, number one, Farrakhan was like when Elijah Muhammad was introduced to Malcolm, mm-hmm. he was you know a thief. He was right. you know he did all these he did all these things, and he's like I'm gonna take you as you are, right? And and when Malcolm was frustrated cause like because Malcolm. Malcolm, when he when he was on the straight and narrow, he was on the straight and narrow. Right. The, the one thing that he did, though, was that when he was frustrated with Elijah Muhammad, he went to, like, you know, the white press. Correct. He went to the New York Times and to all these places. Correct. Correct. These people that don't care about, you know, the nuances of, of being a, a righteous black Muslim— their job was: we're going to tear down this thing sure. to 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 make sure that you know other black people in the inner cities aren't interesting in becoming a part of the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. So that part of wanting to protect these people in our community, even when we know they fuck up, right? We always look at it as this is our laundry to clean up, right? And the- and and when it's not checked, it becomes you know bill.
1: <laughs> and I, I think Elijah Muhammad had become a kind of monument by mm-hmm. that point, absolutely, and. And Al-Haj knew it. Yeah. He knew this brother was a monument. How do I take him on when he is as protected as he is? Absolutely. Now, going to the press, I think certainly a bit of a move out of desperation, but I think he felt almost obligated. I can't turn to anyone mm-hmm. directly around me and have this conversation. Ultimately, our community is still human. Yeah. Right. And a lot of what we do with regard to protecting power, we've learned from the overall monument of white and wealthy Mm -hmm. and male and Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, they protect power in a certain way. Yeah. And that's what we idolize. Mm. I don't believe that we've ever had any movement within our community or any other that isn't about. Assuming some of the power we see in their community, okay. which is why cancel culture becomes, I want to be able to wield this kind of bat mm-hmm. in this way. It's why people are attracted to it. It's power for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And they wield it irresponsibly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And in those instances now, when people are saying, you know what? I have these wounds that I've been carrying for so long. I want to get a few licks in too. Yeah. Yeah but now we have these supposed easy targets that people are still wedded to i would say as a community we probably keep our heroes held high for too long
0: i, I agree I <laughs> we agree. keep them held
1: high for yeah. too long
0: yeah i agree and i think i think what ends up happening is also is that you know we've placed a lot of responsibility on musicians and athletes to to Absolutely. do a lot to do a lot of these things and Absolutely. not, you know, the actual people that, you know, are in politics or can help with policy and that type of thing where where a lot of times when we see these musicians and athletes, it's like, yo, they're kind of out of their depth when correct. When, when we're talking to them about correct you know, social issues. You know what I mean? A lot of
1: our so called Leaders and politicians and our thinkers and our doers, unfortunately, are invested mm-hmm. in personal gain. Yeah. So it's a bit of a catch twenty-two. You yeah. know, when th- there are people in our community who still look at someone like a Cornel West and mm-hmm. understand some folks who listen to this are immediately going to clutch their pearls. I got two. i some questioning code. No, what, right. <laughs> and but. Cornel West at this point has determined that he's going to sell his services as mm. much as when you slide up right next to Bill Maher. Wow. Okay. Who has, he's already been compromised. Mm. When you're taking pay from Bill Maher and not checking him on a number of the very toxic things he says mm. about your community, about women in your community, mm. how he's treated women in your community, not, nah, you've been compromised as well. Yeah. And we protect him because of what he has meant to us years back. I got you. Here's what he always represented. We are reluctant to tear down our own emotional monuments because we're worried we may never re- replace them. We may never have them again.
0: I got you. I, I, guess, I guess that makes sense is that, you know, I think that, um, you know, when we look back at like some of these like. You know, even w- regardless of people feel like Michael Jackson did or didn't do it, right? We could all acknowledge that some of the social anxieties he had was kind mm-hmm. of extreme. You Absolutely, know what I mean? yeah. You know, like yeah. Quincy Jones was like, you know, he in the studio like arguing with Michael when he's like, "Yo, Michael, why are you crying over a rat?" You know what, <laughs> <Right>. mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, like, right. Like, Maybe there needed to be some, you know, at that point, some
1: therapy. You know, at that point, I. I... <sighs> We allow people to be unwell Mm. in our community and it circles back to what we started talking about and then take them to task when they do the things that unwell people do. Mm. Brothers really don't have a vocabulary for being broken and sharing it publicly. We don't have it. And in the instances where we do very often, what happens is people will shout those brothers down and say, but look at all the things you've done. Yeah. Yeah, but here's why I've done it. Not to justify it. Yeah. I understand what I've done, but I'm trying to make sense of why I would have done it. How do I prevent it going forward? But look at all the damage you've done. You don't get to shit. And so that kind of pushback yeah. makes it complicated, I think, very often for brothers in a public space to do anything other than either shut down yeah. or scream louder. So
0: what do you feel about this AB shit going on, Tony
1: Brown? <sighs> <laughs> so Antonio Brown is a perfect example of a brother who needed to be stopped some time ago. Mm. I'm a person who, when I see certain behaviors, I don't necessarily attribute those behaviors to whimsy. Yeah, I don't think that everything is just a person who is very different and is very interesting, engaging with their world. Yeah, I stop and very often say, you know what? Something is driving and motivating what it is we're seeing. And so, a large part of what I saw with Antonio Brown was again, people looking at his athletic brilliance mm-hmm. and his performance and saying, well, he's just a different kind of cat. Yeah. Everyone knew what Antonio Brown, everyone around him yeah. knew what Antonio Brown was doing. And we as a public rewarded. Yeah. That behavior. We wanted him to give us more. Yeah. Do something else to entertain us. Yeah. Individuals who largely just live yeah, you know, the equivalent of a life that doesn't have very much drama in it that doesn't have much entertainment value outside of how they perform, we just don't reward them. Yeah. And most of them don't want to be rewarded. Antonio Brown, however, we were rewarding everything he was doing with attention. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Every single thing. So he was giving us more because it was raising his profile. Do you, he think, ne- you think he plays for a team next year? Maybe not in the NFL. Ooh. Maybe not in the NFL. Okay. Um the XFL is returning. Okay. It's the Canadian Football League. Um Did you see the um the Aaron Hernandez documentary? I did. What do you what do you what do you think about
0: that? As far as um I know that the CTE uh, aspect was, was really big on that. It like, was. How, do, how, do, it you, how was. do you feel about stuff like that? When we're looking at you know
1: Antonio Brown,
0: there's right. like suspicion of, like, yo, there's something that might not be right. There's something that might be CTE related. Like, How do you I, feel about those connections?
1: I appreciate that the question is being asked, mm-hmm. but I think there are too many people who are prepared to attribute everything to the very simple straw man that is CTE. Yeah, it's, there are it's too many people out, yeah. who there are too many people want that to be the answer. Mm-hmm. They want to run to that. And it's complicated. Certainly CTE contributes. Mm-hmm. But we're not seeing to the emotional development and the healthy emotional development of people. Yeah. Athletes especially, because we just want them not and not only athletes, musicians, anyone who entertains us. Yeah. We want them to just give us more. Mm. Even in will often anoint them, right? So, Jay Electronica. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, you saw. <laughs> you, you, you got saw... there. I ain't had to do it. Bro, right. listen. So,
1: <laughs> Jay Electronica bounces back and forth yeah. all the time between saying these things that allow people to call him the God MC. Mm-hmm. These things that people really don't understand, actually. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and decides, I'm going to attack another rapper. Mm-hmm. Kendrick, you're my target today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm going to say awful things. And then disappears. And he comes back in and he says something along the lines of, like, the waters of Babylon have been blessed. And now I'm smudging the sun. And he's forgiven. He's forget. This is enabling... A lot of what it is we see. He's had a drug oh, habit. Jesus Christ. He dated a married billionaire. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's literally like a hip hop housewife, is what <laughs> his life has been. <laughs> and he's forgiven yeah. the very second that he says something that sounds somewhat informed. And has some emotional and cognitive depth to it. Yeah. Oh man, that's what we've been waiting for. Antonio Brown is no, literally no different. Wow, no different. So Antonio Brown going to be ten years from now. I'm coming to the league. Watch out. Oh yeah. You know? And the the benefit that Antonio Brown has, and I know people will return to Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown is a better football player than Ray Rice ever was. Yeah. And that what may be what ultimately allows for Antonio Brown if he can clean himself up to return. Mm. You can come back into this space if we can find some way to publicly recoup all of the goodwill that you've spent and lost for us. I
0: mean, plus, you know, I think a lot of teams might look at it as an opportunity that, like, yo, he's, he's, you know— a-plus talent. We yeah, we can get them cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can yeah, get them cheap. Yeah. So, so, so when the NFL wants to play the morality issue, it's like they're, oh, not, it's convenient. Oh, they're not the person to, to give those discussions. Right. So Jay Electronica says he's putting out
1: an album in 40 days. I saw. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my bros popped in early and he was like, yeah, man, you know, so check this out. And... My initial response to it was to say, I believe it when I have wax. And when I have a physical wax copy in my hand, I'll believe it. What makes it interesting this time, so Jay-Z's Twitter account, and there's no telling who manages Jay-Z's account. Could be him, could be no one. He follows no one.
0: (laughs) He gets blue ivy.
1: Right. (laughs) He follows no one. He's never liked a tweet Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. However... Those five tweets from Jay Electronica—the first five tweets that account has ever liked—wow, that's an interesting data point for me because Jay Elect indicated me and Hove were in the studio mm-hmm. from December 26. We worked our way forward. Oh Here's where gosh. we got to. So, am I optimistic? I don't. I don't <laughs> listen. I don't know what to do with that data point. What? I don't know yet.
0: I, I'm I have a weird emotional attachment to Jay Electronica. Okay. It's a part of me that thinks he's really great. It's a part of me that he gets on my fucking nerves. Yeah. And 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 I think it's kind of hilarious that he announces he's putting the album out in forty days after Eric Badu is like, yo, <laughs> I'm putting out incense to smell like my pussy, right? <laughs> right. I bet you that was the argument, right? Right. Like, right. Eric, like, you better put this motherfucker album out. If you don't put this album out, I right. won't put out like a fragrance <laughs> and smell like my pussy My pussy my-
1: gonna be <laughs> yep, everywhere. Yep, yep, that's,
0: <laughs> You should thank Erica. She probably, that was the argument.
1: There was the pressure. There was was. the pressure. Yeah. 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 Not like, I I, I struggle with Jay Electronica in that I, I want to allow for him, I want for all humans to be balanced. Yeah. yeah. As much as is possible. People are all, this entire combination in set of opposing behaviors and beliefs and insecurities. Mm -hmm. Like, all humans but i think he treats us with disdain man and yeah. that's the problem yeah. that like listen no y'all just have to understand but why it's abusive yeah yeah it's a and i'm one of those folks who falls on the side of listen the artist doesn't owe me anything yeah exactly yeah. artist does not like any time you are prepared to give us product i can choose to support it or not yeah however mm-hmm. Stop presenting yourself as engaged. And that's I, you know, when we talk
0: about the unhealthy relationships of of you know, this abusive relationship, I think it goes both ways. Yeah. I think I think now, um my take on Jay Electronica, it's like when he gets mad at these young guys coming uh-huh. out, when he gets mad at the Kendricks or when he gets mad at um, you know, I don't know, maybe I don't know, did he get mad at J. Cole? I don't know. But it's like Here's the thing that happened with, with with Jay Electronica and maybe a Jay Cole is uh-huh. that the way I look at it in my brain is that if if they're on uh, Rock Nation, uh-huh. Jay's thing is like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna let y'all be artists and y'all can put y'all arm out whenever right. y'all want to." Right. One thing that Jay is not gonna do, he's not gonna chase you asking you to put a record Correct. out. Correct. You know. Correct. And so from the time that. You know, J. Cole got signed on Rock
1: Nation so uh-huh. now
0: J, uh, J. Cole probably has about maybe half a dozen projects. Maybe, Correct. Maybe, maybe more. Correct. And, J. Electronic and that's has before
1: Dreamville. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And J. Electronica has done nothing. And so when you start seeing that these younger people are getting the props and the acclaim by just putting out product J. Electronica gets frustrated because when he got mad at Kendrick, uh-huh. the first time he got mad at Kendrick was because of the control song. Right.
1: And Jay Even though like, Kendrick fucked everybody up fucked everybody on control. Listen,
0: and Jay Electronica's like, yo, I had the best practice.
1: Right. And it's like, Jay, stop, son.
0: So he got he got really frustrated with it. Right. And so And so one of the things that bothers me about him announcing the 40-day thing is that a part of me feels like, all right, man, maybe it'll be just as effective, if not more effective. Just put the shit out. Just put know. it out. Yeah. Just put it out. Just and, put it out. And so, so when we're talking about like emotional uh, awareness with with certain people, I think D'Angelo, listening to his story about what he went through with Voodoo yeah. and being the sex symbol and, yeah. and just wanting to do the music. Yeah, my theory about the Black Messiah album, mm-hmm. and this never been confirmed, but but I remember. It just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And he didn't give nobody any time. He didn't give no label no time to try to market and promote or whatever, whatever. He just put it out. Right. You know what I mean? And my theory on that was he's an artist that has to create. And I want to release it. But I don't want to have the emotional turmoil of there's a six-month build up to this project because yeah. what if the people don't like it right and and i'll go through this emotional shit where i'm insecure or whatever but as an artist i just want to put it out so let me just release right. it right and i feel like you know but b- by jay saying in 40 days like dude just
1: well, put it out.
0: So, uh, do you think that's him like trying to manipulate us as well
1: yeah um he's become accustomed to being worshipped to mm-hmm. a degree and he's also become accustomed to having those who worship him mm-hmm. help him to dismiss and muffle the voices of those who don't worship him. Mm-hmm. On some level, I think Jay Electronica is a little bit of a narcissist. Oh, yeah. He he loves the attention and has to have it as a kind of emotional energy and fuel for him. So. A lot of what we see from Jay Electronica, I think he believes he's entitled to this, yeah. as all godlike types are. Yeah. I'm supposed to have this worship. What do you mean you won't? And he's a jealous god. Mm. Mm. What do you mean you are worshiping others in my sight? Yeah. What you, you know? worshiping Kendrick for? You, I, know? I, <laughs> I, you know, I've done these these men's wellness workshops. A few in the last couple of years, and I always come across at least one activist God type. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, he's a dude who's like, man, I'm doing all of this good. I am so incredibly woke. Like, all of the people are coming around me and believe in me, and I'm going to lead them. And then someone else who is, in their mind, a lesser version of them Mm -hmm. or not as evolved comes into that space, and they're like, Wait a minute, I thought y'all said you loved good niggas. I thought you said you loved woke niggas. I thought, what is this that we are? Well, I mean, and what they do is they behave in a vengeful way Mm. and demand that the people choose. And I see Jay Alec living in that space. Like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. If y'all really loved me, you would stop having sex with niggas who ain't no good for you. <laughs> Give it all to me. Yeah. I'm gonna appreciate all the pussy I get, and I'm woke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay elect treats yeah. people who he comes across in this. How dare you? Yeah. Honor any before me. Well, your insecurity is coming to the surface, sir. I, I believe that the only thing that has held him in place, it he's distracted himself, and all good creators. Mm-hmm at least the ones that I've come into contact with have this moment where they're like the expectations of me are so high can I meet them
0: i, I think and, I, and I think it paralyzes them i think that's what happened with exhibit yeah. c yeah i think i think yeah. when exhibit c came out and all of this was attached to it cuz remember yeah. After the Exhibit C, he he dropped a couple of Lucy's. He had a song, correct. He had a song with Mob Deep. Mob Deep. Uh-huh. He, had, he had a joint with Jay Z. Yeah. And the shiny of, suit theory. Yeah, none of mm-hmm. them hit. Right. None of them popped. And right. and and I think he just retreated back in the hole and just like I can't do it. I can't
1: do it because and the expectations have always been that he's going to give us Illmatic mm-hmm. part yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Nas never did. Yeah. This is the God MC who's going to give us that. Rakim yeah. never came back. Yeah. This is the one. Certainly, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I think he's taken that pressure and he's turned it into a kind of haze of inactivity. Mm. What you've described. Let me give them a little snippet and see what they do with the bits that I give them. Mm-hmm. But then he emerges at times and he gives us something like better in tune with the infinite, mm. which is godly.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's
1: godly. And yeah. it's like, Dude, just give us 10 of these. Yeah, exactly. And we'll leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no telling what that's like for him when everyone around him is continually telling him how amazing he is. Like what is yeah. what does he do with that? If if he truly believed it, we would probably have had 12 albums from him. Yeah.
0: Well, so here's my question, right? Is
1: that when we talk about narcissism, uh-huh, a part of me
0: feels like at some degree if we have social media accounts uh huh, and I've been asked like, you know, what do you, what do you not like about this? Like, I feel like, I feel like at times I'm narcissistic because as an artist, mm-hmm. anytime I got to turn to people and say, yo, look at me, right. <laughs> you know, buy this record, right. Look at this video with my face on it. There's a part of narcissism that's attached to it, but that's not just being an artist. It's like the idea of having an Instagram page and you're seeking for strangers to click, right. A like button, you know, um how How do we get out of that, or do you feel like you know that's something that that is
1: that is affecting you know people more than it we think? it is I mean narcissism really comes down to the goal of the person. Mm, okay. so narcissists in fact, don't feel very strongly about their own human worth, so mm. they have to diminish. The human worth of others. Okay. Right. So in public spaces, no, I don't want for anybody Mm -hmm. to be as valued as me. Narcissists are over here in this extreme space. Mm -hmm. The rest of us, though, Mm -hmm. most of us are seeking a certain amount of affirmation because we have this constant internal narrative, right? Yeah. I know and love my wife. I know certain pictures she's going to take. She's like, I'm feeling sexy today. I'm looking good today. At least 80 of you niggas better agree. (laughs) Even though I think she's beautiful every day. No, that day, she just needs 80 of you niggas, not me, her husband, to agree. Right? Some days I'm going to feel the same way. I think for the rest of us there's a kind of affirmation that we seek in those public spaces, which is very human mm-hmm. and very real because we're curious to know how much of the narrative outside of our heads matches the narrative in our heads. Mm. Am I really good? Do people really like this? Do people really believe this thing about me? And sometimes we want the narrative disproven. Yeah. I don't feel like I have much value today. Let me see what the people say. Mm. Let me see how they come back at me. Let me drop this quote or this meme or this picture and see how people respond because I need their narrative to be counter to my own. Mm -hmm. I think social media has just shown us a lot of who we are. Yeah, It can be negative when it's the only affirmation that people have. I I agree. If it's the the sole affirmation. Mm -hmm. But taking that into other spaces, right? You know, my, my... my mother-in-law, we try to tell her that she takes thirst trap pictures, <laughs> and she and she supposedly doesn't see it. Yeah, yeah. But I often, mm-hmm. I'm like, Ma, come on, you are trying to get people to respond. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, thirst trapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You posing in a certain way, you smiling in a <laughs> certain way. But you have to say to yourself in terms of narrative, there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel that. I got you. When it becomes one's sole purpose. Mm-hmm and it impacts one's self and quality of life, and then the narrative is I only have worth if mm-hmm. that space gives it to me, then it's toxic mm-hmm. in that way. But no, all of us are guilty of it. You yeah, know? And, right. But we're guilty of being human. Yeah. Right? Wanting affirmation that we don't necessarily have, especially if we're not one of the chosen few. I got you. Some people find their moment. You, yeah. know, you, you put together a track at some point, you're gonna stop and wonder. Wait a minute! How is it this person who put together this track six months ago? How does it automatically get two million spins?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should I just put together? It's <laughs> better than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, it.
1: And when you don't get those two million spins or streams, yeah, that narrative in the head starts to. Will it ever happen? Mm-hmm. Why can't it happen? Yeah. What are the forces working against me? What do I have to do differently? Why am I not? Va-? All of that is human. Yeah. I think the social media space, if we use it in the right way, it will allow us to ask the right questions of ourselves in that narrative and to start to adjust it. I'm going to put it out here, let folks do what they will, will with it, mm-hmm. but what is my narrative saying yeah. now that I've put it out here, now that I've said this thing? I took a picture a few days ago. I had have this sweatshirt that says, you know, black girls save the world. hmm I knew as soon as I had the sun behind me, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, listen, man, it's gonna have to be at least 85 honeys who are gonna yeah, see yeah. this and they're gonna love it. I don't need them to do nothing but love it. Yeah, exactly. And when it didn't hit 85, I was like, damn, what's what the That's the number. You got. That's the number you I got had, you had 85 in the head. It ended up being about 35. I was like, God, damn it. Man, I just ain't worth shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ultimately that, that, but I was able to immediately counter the narrative. Yeah. You know, like, no, nah, I wasn't really seeking affirm. I had projected affirmation into it, but I was able to immediately pull it back. Yeah. A lot of us get caught kind of tethering mm-hmm. our sense of worth to it, and it tends to drag us along because we very often see other people getting, if you, you go into Instagram, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to fall into a hole. Yeah, where you right. see lives being lived that are remarkably rich, yeah. lives that are well-developed. Yeah. And I came across this concept some time ago of the hate-like. The hate-like. The hate-like. The hate-like. Have you, are you familiar with this? No. This. Okay, so <laughs> I'm reading this Medium post. You know, I'm heavy on Medium, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so the hate-like, in fact, is where a person is sitting there looking at their Instagram feed, and they're like, wait, so this nigga's in Spain again? <laughs> How the fuck he get this? Dude, this dude is worthless. And even though you're thinking these negative thoughts about the picture, yeah. you hit like. You still like it, All right? Dude, damn! I wish I was there, man. This wow. dude is on the ivory coat. Ain't this a mother? And hit like. like, right? And people apparently spend hours looking into the lives of people, celebrities, close friends, classmates, coworkers, and hate liking. Jesus. Right. And that has to be rough. Yeah. Emotionally. It has to be rough or feeling obligated like, dude, I'm jealous of that person's life right there, yeah. but I got to hit like because that's just what we do. Wow. All of it feeding that hate like space. I was like, dude, this feels like a real concept.
0: Yo, I wonder, the same way we were talking about like, like being dry for a certain period of time, like right. yo, how, how, how long ago without alcohol, I wonder how I can measure my... uh my moods by staying away from social media for extended period of time.
1: I guarantee you can do it. Uh, and and You're I would be right. Yeah <laughs> I, what if if you were to collect the data, what I would imagine is two things would happen. Mm. Right. Probably simultaneously. You would be confronted with how you feel about yourself mm. and have to say, okay, you know, and well, where am I going to build from this point? But you would also be curious about what you are missing in people's lives. Uh. Okay, what is happening exactly? Mm-hmm. So that curiosity would be an issue because for people who are emotionally balanced, there's still that curiosity, even the imbalanced ones. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? what are people doing? And a part of what social media allows is for people to project the kind of voice out of themselves that they want. If I'm not in that space, what are people thinking about what I'm feeling right now? Wow. Have I been forgotten? Yeah. That's that rough. That was also in this hate life (laughs) where people are like, no, am I being thought of in the way that this person is? Mm -hmm. The life that they have or what do people think of my life when they see it? Ultimately, what we know is people project the kind of image they want for others to feed on. Mm -hmm. In those social media spaces. Here's what I want you to think. And that's fair if you're selling something. Yeah. But if you're only selling yourself. Yeah. And that gets
0: exhausting because I, yeah. I
1: don't I want, want to stay away, but I'm always like,
0: well, I got a show coming up. You got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. no, no. You know no I mean? you,
1: but in, in that end, that's business. Yeah. Right. There's a point, though, where we all have to ask, has it gone past an investment in my career mm-hmm. towards something else? Because when you are doing the same thing as other people, even as you're putting your shows out there, a part of what people do is research. Mm -hmm. Where the hate light comes in again, you start looking around and you're like, this thing's doing a show where? What the? uh, No, no, no. Listen, I spend 12 times better than that. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) I had a personal experience just a couple of weeks back I was in conversation with an organization. I won't name them, mm-hmm. but they were in talks with my representative to bring me in for a talk. Okay. Um, a couple of weeks have passed. I'm like, dude, this I should have heard from them already. Mm-hmm. But then I'm seeing someone who is more famous, more well known than myself talk about working up to. <laughs> like I'm seeing him in a public space, and I'm like, Yeah, what is he talking about? Exactly. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is right around the corner. Yeah and then i get word nah, they went in another direction and so now um wait a minute now i'm comparing, did i do enough did i sell enough what and everyday since then mm. if i'm being honest with myself i've been stalking what he's been saying <laughs> about this coming up and liking it oh Because you don't want to look like a hater. I don't want to look like a hater at all. You understand? (laughs) I don't want to look like a hater. Now, I don't hate that he has had fortune in his life. That's a good thing. Uh, But some of it, I'm just... Not at the
0: expense of you, though.
1: Right. (laughs) Not at my expense. And and on some level, some of it, as I'm liking it, I'm just kind of like, damn, I want that to be me. Yeah. You know, at that point. I think there's the place where we as people, if we allow ourselves to walk in that space. It almost be, there's a version of us that is digital, mm-hmm. that is computerized, that's almost zombie-like, that we control with a joystick Yeah, that is walking in those spaces. Yeah, And we think we're in control of it, but it lives there when we're not there. Ooh. It lives in that space when we're, it's still living, it's still feeding on that social media when we're not there, Ooh. it's independent of us. We can project our soul and mind and sentience into it, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. And other people are seeing it walk around and work as well. Mm -hmm. And so a part of us starts to say, you know what? I owe it to the public Mm -hmm. to present this. I owe it to the public to give them this. I owe it to that part of me that's in that space Mm -hmm. to present it in a certain way. Yeah, two days later, hate liking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hate liking it. Damn. Yeah, this,
0: this feels this feels triggering. I feel like this uh
1: this this latter part of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's good it's good to understand. I'd say if we're pulling it back around full circle, mm-hmm. brothers have arrived at a point where I think emotionally too often we're trying to project worst versions or best versions. Ooh. Right? Yeah. And not really taking care of true selves. Ooh, I got you. You understand? Like yeah. they're I know for myself, the image that many people probably have is, you know, very woke. And I'm not woke, woke at all. I'm basic about a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell folks I am not woke, man. I mean, I'm, I'm educated and aware and invested. Yeah. Not woke, though. Yeah. Right? I despise most social justice warriors. I <laughs> just yeah. outright, like, I'm not rocking with them. Yeah. But people have this impression that they demand they be given access to. Yeah. And they want to see that. And I can't give it to them. Not if I want to stay healthy. Yeah. I've got to give them what's really there. You preach Jacobs, right? Mm. In Colombia, you know what that means. In the Southeast, (laughs) you know what that means. No, no, but it had its currency. Yeah, Yeah. People are going to demand that they be given access to that. And what you have to then count is what happens if I don't well and that's give where them that. and that's where and, and
0: Facebook kind of fucked me on this. That there was a few years ago where Facebook forced people not to use their their uh nicknames anymore. Uh-huh. And so like they force you to like
1: use you know? your, your actual yeah. name. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but
0: but that was a subconscious thing that I, I didn't think about until uh-huh. later and I realized I'm glad I did this, where there's a preach and there's a Derek Jacobs. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it allow, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's like it allows me to kind of, you know, I know who's who if I answer a phone. Mm-hmm. And somebody says Derek versus somebody saying preach. You know what right, I'm saying? I'm like, right. okay, this must be my mama and them or something. You okay. know what I mean? And you gotta kinda protect those things and and and, and learn when to kind of just fall back. And so like, you know, there's a lot of stuff and you as a writer as well. It's like, you know, writing <laughs> writing uh columns and anytime I write about like, you know, the plight of black people. Yeah. The amount of like hate mail, like uh, you know what I mean. And, but here, but here's, yeah. here's the thing that was interesting, yeah. right? Is that free times you do this shit, where you know, because like, it's funny to a certain extent when somebody says something really nasty about me in mm-hmm. a rant and read or something like that, they'll send it to me, okay? And I'll say to them, yeah, I don't want to read this, right? And then when somebody says something really nice about me, uh-huh. they'll send it to me, uh-huh. and I'm like, I don't want to read this either. <laughs> you okay, know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I don't want to see neither neither one of neither one. You know what I mean? Because I feel like. I'm not as shitty as the people say that I am. Right. And I'm not as great as I might think I want to be, right. you know? And, and I right. think that kind of keeps me kind of grounded on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and what I base it on is like, you know, when people approach me, you know, privately or individually, they can, you know, I find those things much more engaging. Somebody say, you I read this article. Yeah. And I, I didn't agree about this. And we can have a conversation. Right. Or somebody says, yo, you know, um, you know, I like this article. What did you like about it? It's, it's an right. engaging conversation. So, so there's certain things that I want to be more analog, and, right. and and I think that like being able to connect with people is 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 much more important than just seeing what people can post because like people right. have to say whatever the fuck they want.
1: They they can, and a lot of times people want to say it to terrorize someone yeah. who has triggered them, yeah. who uh-huh. has awoken something in them.
0: And the funny thing yeah. is, when people say nasty shit like on Twitter or whatever, like I'll go and respond to them. You know what I okay. mean? And, and okay, okay. But, but, but I remember some guy said something, cause I, was, I wrote something about some race shit that happened. Somebody, uh-huh. somebody was just like, you know, what did they say? They was like, yo, um, Preach Jacobs is the worst. I don't know why y'all pay him. And I was just like, you're right, I'm terrible. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, and the guy responded, you're great, man. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> right. This is like, you know, like, dude, you're just for you just trolling the of trolling. Look at what you just said. Yeah, yeah, you're trolling I, for the sake of trolling.
1: I don't engage anyone that I don't believe has the capacity to really give me a good fight. Mm. If they've said it in a way that suggests to me that they were just lobbing a grenade, yeah, yeah, yeah. nah, I'm, I, my skin is thick enough. Yeah. right? What I worry about more about and try to consider and i think an awful lot of brothers emotionally fall into these spaces are you projecting enough of an authentic self for people to have access to mm-hmm. and is there the worry that those around us would not embrace that authentic self mm-hmm. like for i was speaking with one of my students and we were talking i was like yeah you know i'm going to be recording the podcast mm-hmm. and he was like you know kind of like if you're in a studio and I was like, no, 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 no. Listen, man. I like to be in a space that is comfortable and lived in. Yeah. If I were to ideally have my choice in the place where I would record my podcast, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'd fuck around and be in a strip club <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with a bowl of shrimp <laughs> <laughs> loud as hell. And I'm like, no, this is me in my most natural yeah. state yeah. right now. This is what... but. There are people who would miss the message that I bring for mm. all of those distractions in the background. Yeah. I'd right. be like, dude, why? No, no, no. That's like th- those two people exist within me. Do you, do you know? Find, so? Do you find it difficult
0: that that um to be a conscious black man that you don't have the freedom to, as far as the public's concerned? And it's mm. come kinda comes from us a lot of times right. where we don't have the ability to have that duality.
1: Yeah, I kind of. I force people to live with it, mm. but I understand a lot of people aren't in the position that are in.
0: You mm. know, to be I able
1: to um, to be rejected but still accepted. Yeah, you know, in some instances. Yeah, there's a lot of press to be what the public wants us to be. Yeah, um, both positive and negative. I think you know you look at what a lot of rappers are and what they've become. You look at what a lot of brothers around the hood, gang members, brothers who are teaching, pat like there's always an archetype. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea of John Henryism, mm-hmm. right? Where we're going to live the best version of that, even if it kills us. Yeah. I'm going to make myself into an ideal version of that thing, even if I'm remarkably unhappy. Mm-hmm. I choose as much as I can to be happy and to be misunderstood. Or You know, as much hell as I raise, my best friend is a Baptist minister. Oh, wow. Okay. And people still don't understand our friendship. Yeah. Like, they struggle with it. Like, yeah. even when they see us out in a... Me and him are going to be at Kiki's next Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> cutting up. Word about right? oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what we do. Yeah. But there are folks that are like, wait a minute. He cusses up a storm, raises yeah. all types of hell. You're a Baptist minister. Well... Yeah. We're balanced. Exactly. right, And I think the only way we can, those of us who are aware of the kind of ties that people want to to place with meaning on us, we have to challenge it and have the dialogue because it's killing us.
0: You're right. That
1: expectation is killing us.
0: It's funny because I I always joke with people. That picture where it's like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, yeah, and everybody you know starts fantasizing. Like, oh my gosh, what what great you know political things are they talking about? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, a part of feel like it'd be hilarious if they were like, "Yo, man, did you see the Yankees play last night?" <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> <yeah>. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like man, Willie Mays knocked that motherfucker out. In the no, park, I, you know? I
1: I remember, and it wasn't quite cancel culture yet, but I remember that point in very recent history where people started to really research who MLK was day to day. And a lot of his relationship indiscretions came to the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, he was losing and mean, was a hoe. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah. running around. Here's the thing though, mm-hmm. is there were people who were looking at that and they wanted to to then re examine his contributions. And everything that he had done. And I was like, well, we can re-examine him as a husband, sure. Yeah, yeah. We can re-examine what he was like with his family unit, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But can we allow for the balance that he was imperfect and did all of those things wrong and still accomplished these great things? Yeah. A lot of us who are brothers, like that is the press there. Like if people knew this about me or saw this, they would dismiss everything.
0: And that's the thing, you know, there's a second part of like cancer culture that I think is really interesting that I didn't think about it from the perspective that you said earlier, but a part of me feels like I think people like the idea of cancel culture yeah. because it lets us off the hook, right? It's like yeah. it's like, you know, oh, Jay-Z and the Illuminati. Like, right. That must be the only way that he could be so successful. Correct. <laughs> you correct. know what I'm saying? Correct. Like, like we want to find a <laughs> no reason. has to, to be dismiss- something. Yeah. We yeah. have to dismiss it because, yeah. because if we just acknowledge that, man, maybe this person came from similar backgrounds that I did, and look right. what they did with their resources, right. and I squandered mine. Right. It might make us feel like shit. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. So, so I don't know I just I just I think that's just something That I specifically see With us doing And I don't see white folks Doing that shit at all I,
1: I think they do it In a different way But White folks know That it can happen Because it happens In their homes mm. I think they suffer Such rejection Around core identity Concepts Early mm. on And we just suffer with each other. Yeah. Like, you know, listen, you over there, you're right. you, you you're use, right. a, you're right. use a little gay Negro, but yeah. you're my family, so sit over here and let me abuse you every holiday. Yeah, yeah. White folks would be like, don't come over here with that. Don't yeah. even show up yeah. for it. We, in fact, are like, we're going to suffer together. Wow. You stay here with me and suffer my wrath. Mm. That's where I think some of our approach to cancer culture comes from. Mm-hmm. You just got to take it. You just got to take it. Be with us while you take it. That's tough. Man. You
0: gotta have me crying. This not... <laughs> all right, we did about a, a, an hour fifteen. I think okay, I bro. Long enough. Uh, you yeah. got uh, tell the people where they can find your writings, where they can find you online. Absolutely. Like to um, where to send hate mail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> uh, hate, so hate like your shit on so Instagram. yeah, hate.
1: <laughs> listen, go on to Instagram. Your brother, I am hate like all of my shit. My wife <laughs> is the pretty one with the freckles. Hate like her shit is <laughs> your brother. I am on Instagram. Uh, Napoleon Wells on Facebook. Napoleon BX Sith on Twitter. Uh, Medium is where you can find my column under Napoleon Wells, um, and I will give you good folks my email address in case you want to reach out to share a message, PhD at gmail.com. Mm. It's been a pleasure. Yo, and I got to talk to you about something after I get off of here, okay. but, uh,
0: but this is the Negro League Podcast. We are sponsored by Soul Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. We're also sponsored by Down East Records. Go to DownEastRecords.com or Down East Records on all the social media. Once again, enter Negro to say 10%. Thank you all for listening. Peace.